Hello, I'm Phil Svitek, 360 Creative Coach, and welcome to my blog, where it's both my mission and my pleasure to highlight my creative journey in hopes of giving you inspiration, specific takeaway. Also, that way your journey can be a little bit easier. Now, before I fully get into things, I would like to invite you to subscribe if you haven't already done so, that we get all the various lessons and episodes that I put out right when I put them out. And starting with, I should mention that I will be going on hiatus. Uh, this is, I wanted to provide a, a final update before I go film my second feature film in Bogota, Colombia. And as such, that will require basically all of my focus. And so I won't have time to put out episodes and things like that. And there's so much other stuff that I've got going on that uh, rather than pre-tape stuff and, and release them, uh, it just wasn't feasible. But fear not, it's a good opportunity to catch up on the literal thousands of videos that I have on my YouTube page. Um, if you want to listen on audio form, of course, uh, the episodes are available as audio podcasts on uh, the major platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and so forth. Um, so it's all there for you, right? Uh, so use that uh, as an opportunity. And in many ways, that's kind of when I go in for preparation of a movie, not only am I looking at the movie, but it is nice to have the, the content that I put out to look back to because it's, a, it's, it's like a refresher, right? It's like studying for a final exam, you're reviewing your notes. And uh, a lot of the stuff that I've done, you know, they're, they're like great notes. They're reminders of what I have accomplished. They're reminders of lessons that I have learned and should carry over into this upcoming project and so forth, right? So that's the beauty of all of it. And there is an advantage to looking back as well. Uh, and in a, when you do it in a very focused way, right? Not just like lamenting about coulda, shoulda, woulda. No, just be like, okay, great. What is the lesson to be learned from all of that, right? And speaking of, so this episode is going to be kind of just not necessarily random thoughts, but it's going to jump around a little bit. Um, one of the interesting parts to me is, you know, as I look to Columbia and so forth, you know, when like the whole world just seems to align and like you, you, once you're like paying attention to something and you're tuned to it, uh, you see signs of it everywhere. So what I mean is there's a show that I work on called Yoga Girl Conversations from the Heart um, as part of my job. And, you know, in, in a recent episode that I edited that was released, um, she talked about Colombia and how beautiful Colombia is as a country and so forth and how it gets a bad rap in terms of, you know, the violence and so forth, when it's actually, you know, primarily a peaceful country and, and very beautiful and so forth. And, you know, this is a person in my life that I know that I interact with. And, uh, you know, so it's like, oh, cool. You know, um, it's, it, it's just obviously coincidental. Um, it's not like her and I have talked about like, hey, you ever been to Columbia? I actually have, Phil. It, it wasn't like that. It was just her spur of the moment within our show talking about it right but then whenever i bring up the idea of columbia and that i'm going there to other people 
um, you know, it's always like, oh, you know, well, my cousin actually just returned from there. In fact, our uh, makeup artist, uh, she was in the northern part of Colombia not too long before she's now returning again. So, um, so there's that. And one of my other friends, you know, she was literally just in Bogota. And, and it's great because through her, I got some recommendations, you know, and as I kind of uh, looked through her Instagram and saw stuff, I got inspiration as well. And so it's it just... You know, like I said, I mean, it's uh, it's coincidence doesn't cause causation. I don't even know what the causation would be, but uh, uh, or correlation rather. Um, but nonetheless, it's not like you know that I was looking for anything in particular. Um, but it's just, these, these are just cool things uh, when when you're attuned to them, and you're like, oh. You know, and, and you can share those stories with those people of like, oh, you went to Columbia. What was that like for you? And like, oh, I'm going. And what are you going to do? And, and so forth. Right. It just creates a bond and enriches both people or both parties rather lives um, in some way. And that's the cool part about it. Um, so. So there's that. Um, recently, I saw Wes Anderson's latest movie, uh, The French Dispatch. And I've been looking forward to this for a while, you know, because of the pandemic, it's gotten delayed a bunch of times. And uh, now it's finally, or it was in select cities and I got, you know, LA being one of those select cities. So I got to see it and that's gonna go wider uh, this coming weekend. And, you know, uh, I think it's a beautiful movie and I, I am doing a review for it. So you can check that out. But um, there's a quote in there that stood out which goes, I wasn't being brave. I was trying not to be a disappointment. Now, I think that's what it is. You know, I, I didn't write it down in the moment. I just, this is from memory. Um, and it's, you know, I, because the movie's not like completely out yet, you know, the quotes aren't available online, but nonetheless, that is a sentiment. And that really stood out to me because, I, because it made me wonder, A, how many times I've done that in my life and B, how often do we as humans in general, do things not because of bravery, but because of, you know, not wanting to be a disappointment. And, you know, something that I think about a lot is how to turn like, otherwise, let's call them negative emotions or negative feelings into positivity, right? So not wanting to be a disappointment is a negative. But, you know, as that, as that quote kind of highlights, um, it was channeled into seemingly bravery. Um, now, I think it's a little bit more nuanced than that. I, you know, I think you have to really embody bravery to be truly brave um, and, and so forth. But, you know, the interesting part is, I guess, that you can still get the same result, but it's a lot easier when you approach it from that pure standpoint versus that negative standpoint. Right. And so, you know, what if you don't want to be a disappointment to somebody, you know, and, and that's that's your motivation that spurs you on. You know, certainly it can lead to great things. Right. As uh, I won't spoil what it is, but like in the French dispatch, um, it certainly was a heroic act. And that's great because it achieved the result. But how much easier would it have been? to come at it from a place of purity. You know, it's, 
it's similar to, um, I don't think it's exactly the same, but it's similar to this debate of like art and writing. You know, do you have to suffer for your art to be great artist? Um, and certainly there's a lot of evidence of artists who have suffered greatly in their lives and brought about some of the most long-lasting works of art ever imagined. But that was that a requisite or was that just like, you know, correlation versus causation? So it's interesting, you know, um, in that way. And I think, you know, for me, I tried to aspire to the higher ideal that, no, you don't have to, like, listen, life's going to throw enough obstacles our way <laughs> that you and I will have to deal with. So why add to it, right? Don't go seeking it. And that's an interesting part, you know, people like Esther Hicks and Joe Dispenza and so forth um, bring up the notion of manifestation and, and power of thoughts and words and so forth, among other people, right? And, you know, it's interesting. I bring that up also because it all kind of ties together um, as before going to Columbia, I always knew that I wanted to do an extended therapy session just to clear anything out of me so that way going into the film, I could be good to go. And it's interesting because never have I gone in and um, so I do kinesiology, so it's based on body movement. Therefore, I can't really lie. Um, and I appreciate it because it's a uh, it's not talk therapy, so I can't lie. Um and I really get to the truth of whatever uh, is ailing me mentally, let's say, for like a better term. And also, it's fast. It's really, really rapid fire. And, you know, it's not something that you need to do every week unless there's like stuff going, you know, like really something bad that's happened or so forth. You know, now like I've done a lot of it at this point. So now I just kind of do a, a check-in once every two months, you know, more, you know, I might, if, if something's really bothering me, I might go in for like tune up, but overall, you know, I go in and, and it's, it's like going to the dentist type of thing, like for, a, for, you know, your two annual cleanings, except I do it more often. Right. So the point being that never have I gone and not had a charge, a charge is something negative that's weighing me down for lack of a better term. Right. And that's interesting because that shows that I have nothing that's tripping me up at, at, at the moment that I went about the movie, life, anything in general. You know, uh, that doesn't mean that things were easy breezy. You know, certainly I've documented in my vlogs the various obstacles and hurdles that have come up and there are still going into it, it's not like, you know, every, all, the, the, all the I's were dotted and the T's crossed. Like there's still work to be done as far as the final prep of the movie before we go into shooting. However, um, mentally, I wasn't bothered by it. I just saw it as part of the process. And that's a good place to be in. But nonetheless, it's like, I, I this analogy, like, it's almost like, you know, um, I've been... I've been going down this path, let's say like, you know, this corn maze and I've hacked away everything and I, you know, everything's been good, but that doesn't mean the rest of the path is smooth, let's say, right? 
And so it was great that I went in there because even though I had nothing that I was carrying in terms of the immediate stuff, um, I got rid of more, more junk, let's say, that was weighing me down. So that way, as I move into film in Colombia and, and just life in general, um, it's going to be even that much easier, right? Um, we, I continue to shed the baggage that weighs me down. And that's really what therapy is. It's just unlearning the BS that we picked up along the way. Um, in a simple way, the question that uh, you could ask yourself is, was I born with this? And if not, lose it. So meaning, were you born with jealousy? No, then lose it. If you were born with it, aka love, then keep it. Right? It's, it sounds silly and oversimplified, but too often we overcomplicate things and that's really what it comes down to. And so part of it was getting to the root of a lot of things that, you know, have conditioned us, or in this case, me. And, you know, finding out uh, the, whether it's a positive association or a negative association and the negative, how to, how to, you know, what's causing it and how to get rid of it. Right. And so we did that. And then we moved on to, um, Byron Katie's idea of acceptance, accepting reality. You know, she says like, when you can't, whenever you can't accept reality, you suffer. So for example, grief is an unacceptance of reality. It sounds harsh, but it is, it's true. Um, you know, and, and the other aspect was manifesting. And one question that uh, uh, threw a wrench in things, let's say, I forget exactly how it was termed, but basically, you know, you know, the idea of I need more money. And it's interesting because by definition, it's like, well, no, you don't. You're still here. You don't need more money. It's like saying I need more air. Do you? Because you seem to be doing just fine. You would want more money. And, and, and so this all ties together with the idea of, um, you know, I wasn't being brave. I just didn't want to be a disappointment because, you know, by putting out this idea that I need more money, it comes from a desperate state. It comes from a negative, uh, you know, insecure spot. And so, you know, that's vibrationally how things get picked up. And, you know, conversely, when you come from a place of wealth, regardless of, you know, I'm not talking about like actual financial, just, but you can mentally consider yourself wealthy, the world changes. Now, okay, so you might argue what a bunch of bullshit that is. Fine. But let me say this. You're out on a date and, you know, it's your first date and the person across from you says, oh my God, thank God I've met you. You know, you, um, I've been looking for someone like you. You are, you know, um, you are going to be the person that saves me. Thank God I found you. Like without you, my life isn't complete and I need you to be whole and that type of stuff. By the time they finish that sentence, you better be out that damn door. Because A, that's not attractive, and B, that's, that's a recipe for disaster. Whereas if the person is already whole and they're like, yeah, uh, I enjoy X, Y, and Z, um, you know, and, and, and I do this and so forth, right? When you see their passion and they don't need you to complete them, 
That's where real attraction happens. And this works in all facets of life. We just don't accept it as such, right? Um, and so when you consider yourself wealthy, regardless of how much money you have, there's a different vibration that you put out. You know, when, when, when you're sad, you know, people say you're down. They can, they can sense that vibration. Whereas if you're positive and upbeat, you exude energy into the room and it transfers. It really does. I mean, hell, it's why Tony Robbins seminars really work because he just explodes energy all over the room. And people pick it up and they're like, you know, dancing, sharing with them for the next 72 hours. So, something to think about. Um, and that's something that in general, I think, think about often, right? This idea that we focus too much on the negative. And there's so much negative stuff in the world, right? But at the end of the day, we can't not live. And because it's not to dismiss or ignorance is bliss type of thing. It's to say, when you're thinking about the world, all the stuff that we fight for, whatever the, those things may be, they have to have reason behind it. Like, we have to have something to look forward to, as opposed to just be fighting against something. And I think a lot of people forget that because it's much easier to be angry and upset, especially in this more like polarized version of our society. And, you know, in some ways, people who show happiness and, you know, post about it on social media or so forth, they're like, oh, well, you know, uh, you just don't care about X, Y, and Z, and how dare you? And it's like, no, 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 like, we need both. We can't just rail against X, Y, and Z and not ever stop and consider the good. I think I've talked about this often, but this idea of, of or, right? We look at everything as or. When in reality it can be and or both or many, you know? Our world is complex. Like, there's ways to distill things into simple terms, yes. But overall, our world is fairly complex in ways that, you know, we'd like to think we can comprehend it, but that's the paradox of life. We can't. Life is a mystery, <laughs> you know, in a lot of ways. So stop trying to figure everything out. And just sometimes accept that think both two things can be true at the same time. And part of that is, you know, in this sense, yeah, there's a lot of negative in the world. There's a lot of good in the world. And both exist. And you can acknowledge both and partake in both without being a hypocrite. Get your mind around that. I'm trying to. <laughs> There's a quote in Matrix Reloaded by Morpheus. This is when they're riding the elevator up to see the Merib engine. 
Actually, sorry, they, this is them coming down after having seen the Merovingian. And Neo and Trinity are arguing back and forth of like, maybe we didn't do something, or maybe we did something wrong. And Morpheus goes, no, what happened happened exactly as it was supposed to happen. And they question, well, how do you know? We are still alive. And I think about that in the context of, you know, what is happening in the world in all facets. And like I said, there's many things I would like to write the ship on, whether it's climate change, uh, social inequity, and so forth. But in order for me to do that, I have to be, I have to see and accept the world as is. And in a strange way, that quote, you know, everything happened as it was supposed to happen. Um, how do you know we're still alive? Um, it's just like, for example, uh, you know, the, the, the Trump years in a lot of ways, I hope, were an eye-opener for people that, you know, that they ha A, have to vote, have to be active participants, and that it's not just about the federal uh, elections and so forth, but that it's non you know, we have to be an ongoing participant and especially in your local community, because that's what really makes the biggest impact. And that's not sexy or fun. You know, we, we, we like to just pretend, you know, in many ways, we like to have astronomical, uh, you know, rewards. So meaning low energy, but high yield. And that's great if you can find it. But in a lot of ways, you know, it, things just still require work, and especially if they're worth fighting for. And we need to really consider that and not get away from that. So, that's something I think about. Another quote, this is unrelated to the stuff, uh, although maybe, maybe it is related, but... Um, one quote I think about often is Andy Goldsworthy. He's an artist, and there's a, there's a film called Rivers and Tides because he makes his art in this particular film, you know, with rivers and tides, like through nature, right? And one of the things he says is they're extraordinarily beautiful moments. Those are the ones I live for. So I guess it does actually tie into the things that I'm talking about is because we have to focus on the positive stuff as well. And so when I look at the idea of going to Columbia with my friends and filming a movie and so forth, that is an extraordinarily beautiful moment. And yeah, those are the moments I live for. And I look forward to that. So speaking of that, uh, there's the old story of the captain uh, who who upon landing gave the order to burn the ships. 
people were confused, burn the ships. Basically, what he, he did was that they had only one option to overtake the island, right? Now, obviously, that's a loaded kind of metaphor, but um, nonetheless, the, the core idea of it does apply in the sense like when we go to Colombia, you know, by us going there and being foreigners in this country and not really having like self-service um, and, you know, just, just kind of like we've essentially burned the ships. We have one option. We're here to make the movie. So let's make the movie. And that excites me. It really does. Uh, you know, there's a, there's another quote that I'm reminded of. It's by a Greek poet. Um, and forgive me, I'm going to butcher the name. Um, Arch, Archilocus, I think is how you pronounce it. Apologies if that's not how you do it. But um, the quote goes from, from the poet, we don't rise to the level of our expectations. We fall to the level of our training. And that is so true. Um, and that's why, I'm, you know, we have been preparing very intensely uh, or as intensely as we can for this movie. That's why, you know, I have been kind of a bit of a hard ass to various people to meet deadlines and get things done and so forth because of that reason. Because, you know, uh, an, an adjacent quote to this is, uh, failing to prepare is preparing to fail, right? Now, the beauty is we're not just, you know, it's not just training for this particular instance. This is the culmination of years of everyone's work ethic, you know, whatever they may be. So, for example, Edgar, he's an incredible sound designer, sound recordist, and so forth. And so, you know, he's been doing that for a number of years, so it's not just like oh, all of a sudden he picked it up and now we're going to do it. You know, the actors have been training for a large part of their lives in both unofficial and official ways uh, to get to this point. You know, um, the rest of us, we've been, you know, trained in like, for example, John, Jonathan has worked with cameras, uh, for so many years and him and I have worked together and we have shorthand and so forth. Right. So this is the culmination of all of it. Um, our producer, Kenny Harrison, you know, he's produced other films and, you know, brought his A game to that and continues to elevate with each project, right? We get better with each project and it's not just new, you know, something for him. It's all of us. We've continually gotten better. That's the training. And so we will really, yeah, um, we want things to go well. And that's part of that manifestation. But, but paradoxically, how we get that is because we know that we're prepared. You know, and I'm excited for that. I talked about it um, in a couple of ways of like, you know, even this, in this final push, just mentally getting prepared and physically getting prepared, right? So, you know, eating well, sleeping well, getting physical activity. And that's why I talked about the idea of me going therapy and being cleared before that. You know, it's something that I wish every, everyone on the cast was able to do. Like, I swear, I one 
when, when I have the financial resources in the future, I, I'm going to make it like part of the budget for people to go to therapy. They can pick whatever therapist they want, but you know, certainly leading up to it, I want them as you know, good to go as possible. And I know in some sense, like that's on them and so forth, but uh, when we all just are lighter, we do better work. And so, yeah, it does behoove me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a very powerful quote. We don't rise to the level of our expectations. We fall to the level of our training. And luckily I don't think our expectations and our level of training are that different. And Chloe agrees. So, yeah. That's kind of what I have um, for you. That's, that's what's been brewing in my mind um, before I go on hiatus, before I go and make this movie. And we've got final preparations. We've got our final production Zoom call, final actor Zoom, just to go over the logistics. And then next week, we're off. And we're going to be making a movie. It's going to be exciting, you know. And uh, we're going to get on the ground. And I really want to get some good momentum. I think one of the important things and that you're talked about, certainly on the Team Deacons podcast, is the idea, like, you always want to have a good first day. Because it sets the tone. It sets momentum. And so I think we're going to have that, you know. And that'll lead well into the rest of it, so. Anyway, thank you so much. I appreciate, like I said, um, probably gonna be off for a while, but if you're not plenty of stuff in the archives for you to browse through, please do so. And let me know, you know thoughts of your own, questions of your, that you have, whether about any of the stuff that I talked about or stuff that you would like to hear me address in the future. I would love to cater these episodes as much as I can to you. So please, uh, the more you comment, provide the feedback, the more I'm able to do that. Thank you so much. I appreciate you and hope to see you next time.